0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode with Alex Newman. We were in hoping that we could do this live, but, you know, things sometimes happen in technology, but we had a backup Plan quickly. Well, sir, we can't miss Alex because he's the man. He's the man of this hour. So thank you Alex for being here for your second time and we really hope that we could always have you since you've been uh, doing a lot of work and you are a contributor to the Epoch Times. Alex is an author, a journalist and a speaker and he's, he's well sought in many conversations from deep state to Education and much more. So, Alex, welcome, and just you know, tell tell the audience more, especially for those who may not know you, which is not really a lot. But go ahead and tell them what you have you been doing.
1: Well, thank you so much, Grace, for that thank very you. kind introduction. Um, I, I most of the time I'm a journalist. I'm I'm writing articles for a number of different publications. Um, some of the areas that I focus on are education, as you pointed out, also the United Nations, China. Um, just recently, I've, I've taken a real interest in uh, transhumanism. Uh, I've written some books, and uh, I serve on a, a number of different boards. And that's kind of me in uh, in a nutshell. I'm the senior editor of the New American magazine. Uh, I've got my personal site. It's a, kind of an eclectic mix of things, libertysentinel.org. And uh, I'm very honored to be back with you guys. So thank you so much for having me.
0: You're much welcome. And yes, we will put all uh, Alex's information because, you know, uh, with that liberty sentinel.org and the new American.com. And Alex is also a faculty and has been teaching at Freedom Project Academy. So as you see, he, he supports local, global, national, you know, groups who are just really critical thinkers and trying to just educate us so we could empower ourselves and we don't end up to be in a different type of slavery. So Alex where do you see how do I'll just throw a few questions from to you and you know I'll just lead it on how you would want to answer because I'm thinking where do we go from here what do you see in the horizon and uh, how do we really um, manage our lives day to day, especially knowing that every, every lie and a lot of disinformation is ubiquitous in, in its facet of our community and the entire country.
1: Well, thank you, Grace. And I, I think one of the key things that I have been observing more and more is that, yes, the lies are absolutely ubiquitous. They are everywhere. They're in your feed If you're on the social media, they're on your television. If you're turning into the, tuning into the fake media, um, it's on the billboards, it's on the radio. I mean, we're just being bombarded from the big corporations, from the big governments of the world. Uh, it's just a, a sea of lies and we're swimming in it. But uh, I'm very encouraged because I think that The mainstream of American society, and I think this is happening in other countries as well, is uh, they may not understand all the intricacies, but they sense that they're being lied to. They know they're not getting the truth. Uh, They don't quite know what the truth is yet, but they know they're being lied to and they don't like it. And uh, we see this even in their in their own polling data. Uh, to give you a, a really obvious example, this election issue has been uh, at the top of a lot of people's focus here in America. Um, you know, There's a lot of concerns that the election in 2020 was rigged. And all of the media, all of the media from Fox News, CNN, NBC, ABC, all of them, all the big newspapers, they all say that it's crazy. That obviously, it was a fair election, nothing to see here. And yet uh, the latest poll from Rasmussen just a few weeks ago shows that 56% of Americans think it was rigged, uh, including about a third of Democrats. Uh, so th- these are not, and, and my guess is that probably drastically understates the enormity of the the awakening that we're seeing here, uh, not just on the election issue, right? So they, they don't know exactly how the election was rigged. They don't know, was it computers? Was it voting systems? Was it mail-in fraud? Was it all of the, above? They, they maybe don't know that, but they understand that, hey, we're being lied to. Uh, we've got an illegitimate president sitting in our White House and the implications of that are bad. Uh, they don't necessarily understand the intricacies of the what's going on with the vaccines, but they understand that, hey, something's wrong here they told us it was just uh, two weeks to slow the spread now we're in uh, coming up on two years to slow the spread, we still haven't gotten our freedoms back. Uh, our businesses are still bankrupt. Uh, they're peddling these vaccines, and they said the vaccine was the solution. Now they admit that the vaccines don't protect you. So people are waking up to this. And one of the things that I like to do is just chat with all the people that I come in contact with during the day. If I go take my truck to the mechanic, I, hey, what do you what do you think about these things? And if I take an Uber to the airport, what do you think about these things? Or if I'm uh, at a restaurant, I have talk to the waiter, whatever the the case may be. I like to just talk to people, normal people, and see how they see the world and what I have noticed noticed grace and the rest of the panel is that your average mainstream person is waking up Uh, they're mad they know they've been lied to they know their children are being threatened now we see this in school board meetings across america parents are furious um and, and then to throw fuel the gasoline on the fire the the crazy federal government says well let's start treating them like domestic terrorists and uh you know that that went over real well so I, I'm, I'm really encouraged by what I'm seeing. I think people are are catching on to the fact that they're being lied to. And, and this is not something where they're going to be able to undo this. It's kind of like when you squirt the toothpaste, and the toothpaste comes out, you can't put it back in the tube. Um, you know, we are getting new people who are coming to our side every day uh, you know, by the thousands, maybe tens, hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions around the world who are waking up and say, hey, we're being lied to. We're not happy about this. The other side is getting no new Right? There, there's nobody on our side who's saying, you know what? Maybe the vaccine really is a good thing. I think I'm going to go take. This. Maybe I should uh, just quit worrying about whether the election was like nobody's doing that. So I, I think we're on a very positive tra- trajectory. Uh, that does mean that we're in a dangerous situation because. Um, you know, when you when you have bad guys trapped in a corner like that, they're kind of like rabid animals. When you trap them in a corner, they become very dangerous, very violent. You never know what they're going to do. Maybe blow something up, or who knows what. Uh, so they're very dangerous right now. But I'm tremendously encouraged, I'll tell you, by how many people I see waking up to the lies. And uh, you know, people are also looking for new ways to receive accurate information. The subscriptions for all the publications that I write for are through the roof. Uh, no matter how much they censor uh, programs like this on all the uh, you know YouTube and all these things uh, people are still finding them they're going over to rumble and to bit shoot and to places where they can find these things so I think that's wonderful and I don't think that's something that they can undo I think we're in a very very good place now and it's gonna uh, yeah it doesn't mean that things are going to be better by tomorrow but it means we're moving in a very good direction as far as the public is concerned
0: well that's so good to hear that because it- we're not even full-time the way you're doing your education, your empowerment, but if we feel a little bit drained on when we do stuff, but then we couldn't stop either. And all we wanted to do is to be part of the movement. So for the parents, especially like we know when they just heard about what uh, Biden said, what they, and our local government as well. So how, what is that in relation to your, the new, is that a new academy, the Freedom Project Academy? So will that be a good source for the parents?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for asking. So uh, I've been involved in education very, very heavily now for about a decade. Um, the Freedom Project Academy is actually a, an online K-12 school. We started uh, about 11 years ago now. I was the first teacher that was hired, uh, true story. And um, we have now uh, growth that is unbelievable. I mean, our, our numbers are growing so quickly. We've got students now in uh, in over 15 different countries, I believe, was the latest number. Um, so all over the place. And um, depending on, you know, what the age of the child it's a K through 12 school. And so it, the younger years, is basically a, a full program. So it'll be, you know, four hours a day, four days a week, uh, kind of like doing school, but at home, but with, uh, with truth, with thinking, with proper teaching of reading, proper teaching of math. Um, and, and what we've noticed is that our students are probably two, three, sometimes four years ahead of where the victims of the government schools are. Uh, and so that makes it very difficult to bring in new students. Because a child in the sixth grade their parents want to take them out of the public school they want to put them in our school we make them take a test to see where they should be and then to tell the parents hey you know i know your child's in sixth grade but in our school they're going to have to go back to second grade or third grade the parents say what oh man i can't do that so so that's made uh, recruiting difficult but it it is a phenomenal option Uh, you can find us at fpeusa.org it's run by my friend uh, dr duke pesta Uh, he is a, a university professor And uh, I I just can't say enough good things about it. Uh, In parallel to that, there is a a media operation there, Freedom Project Media, where we're working on showing the American people and people around the world what's going on in the school system so that they recognize the urgency to uh, get involved, to to protect their children from this. Uh, And also on that front, uh, we started a a new organization a couple of years ago called Public School Exit. Um, You can find us at publicschoolexit.com. I'm actually the executive director there. Uh, volunteer position, but uh, uh, we have all kinds of resources for parents who are thinking about pulling their children out of school. So we start with the basics, right? First, you make the right choice. You pull your children out of the public school. Then where do you go from there? And so we will hold people's hands at every step of the way. Uh, we're working with parents across the country. We're working with churches around the world uh, to set up homeschool co-ops, Christian schools, private learning academies. Um, Uh, Online schools in the church building, if that's what they want to do, whatever it takes to get the children out of the public schools, because what we've noticed is that uh, the public schools are the primary weapon of these evildoers in moving their agenda forward. You know, if a child gets a good education as a youngster, they'll turn on CNN and they'll laugh. They'll say, what kind of idiot garbage is this? I can't believe somebody would actually believe that this is news. Uh, So the the real key is we've got to educate the children properly when they're young, they need to learn how to read and they're not learning how to read in our in our schools in in public schools in America, Uh, they need to learn how to write they need to learn how to think they need to learn logic, they need to learn history, and they're not getting this in the public schools in fact quite the opposite they're being turned into illiterates, uh, and all the rest of it so what we want to do is get all of the children. Out of the public schools, we've got scholarship programs, you know, because there's a well, what about money? You know, my wife and I both work and we can barely pay the bills. So we have uh, opportunities available there for people who need financial assistance and whatever it takes, uh, you know, whatever it takes. We believe that there should be no child trapped in a government school and we are determined to get them all out. A couple years ago, that sounded really radical, that sounded impossible, and yet here we are today, we see a a massive exodus from the school system. Millions of families have left just in the last couple years now, and millions more are going to leave in the next couple years um, among conservatives in America now, it's, it's almost like a, a basic litmus test. Like if you're, if you're really a conservative, you're going to say you have to get your kids out of public school. Uh, just in the last few months, we had Dennis Prager. We had Candace Owens. We've had uh, all these superstar conservatives say, parents, you have to get your kids out of the public school. So uh, it's another one of the things, you know, we started talking about the lies. Um, I think The public school system is one of the most dangerous sources of the lies, and it, it's what makes the other lies credible. But uh, that is shifting, too. I'm telling you, there is something happening right now. We, the number of homeschool families in America, depending on whose numbers you believe, uh, has certainly more than doubled in the last year. There are some estimates that say it's up by 300 uh, percent. A lot of Christian schools are just exploding in popularity. They, can't, they don't even have enough teachers and facilities, so they've got waiting lists now. So this is incredibly encouraging to me, because every one of these children who gets a good education... Uh, is going to be a fighter for freedom and for truth and and for civilization uh, and and honestly, they're going to be so much smarter than the victims of the government schools. When people say, "Well, the government school kids are still going to outnumber," that's okay. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll put an average homeschooler against ten victims of government schools, and they'll beat them with one hand tied behind their back. And so we're we're in a very good position there as well. And the trends are incredibly encouraging.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. I'll pass it on to Steve because I see Steve as a prospective very good teacher
2: okay can you hear me yes (laughs) Yes, sir alex it's great to be back with you you're just your energy and what you have to say is so powerful and um i mean freedom project academy is it something you could do online or is it
1: going to be a bricks and mortar type of thing uh, it is online. Uh, we do have a brick and mortar facility up in Wisconsin and, and occasionally we'll have big events there. And sometimes some students come for in-person classes, but uh, this is a fully online K through 12 school. And so uh, basically as students need a laptop and they, as long as they have an internet connection and a laptop, they can connect from anywhere on the planet and do their classes.
2: Wow. So we got to, uh, you know, we got to get, maybe I'll help you start the
1: universities. Um, that would be awesome. Yep. Um, <laughs> it would be excellent. And you know, we're actually uh one of the things that i'm working on now i'm a director at the red pill university uh founded by g edward griffin and uh we are actually working to create university level courses with that uh, with you know we call them faculty the people who have spoken at our red pill expos and these people are amazing i mean Uh, David Martin, uh, Del Bigtree, Robert Kiyosaki. I mean, these are the kinds of people we have as our faculty. And so we've got a a very large number of students enrolling now. And, uh, and, you know, this is higher level stuff. It's probably not for elementary, middle school, even high school students. But, um, I mean, it's critical for for so many of us who got a terrible education growing up. Now we got to get up to speed. And so Red Pill University is another great option. You can find it at redpilluniversity.com.
2: That is awesome. So for me... Um, I guess it's great to hear. I mean, it's awesome to hear you think people are like waking up and stuff like that. I always get a bit like I'm such a Capricorn that I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like I feel like they need this big backstory in order to realize how they've been duped. But apparently they can wake up and not know that, you know, this has been going on for hundreds of years.
1: Yeah. And, and, and you know, it, it just takes one thing to, to get somebody on that path. Right, it, it, I mean, they, they might sit there in front of the TV for four hours a day just absorbing these lies, and then suddenly the, the talking head on TV will say something that they know is false, because maybe they work in that industry, or maybe they were in that meeting, and they said, wait a minute, that didn't happen, or that, that's not how that works, So what are these people talking about? And then they say, oh, wow, the light bulb goes off. For me, it was uh, learning about how the Federal Reserve works and about the United Nations. Uh, you know, I was, I was a brainwashed kid. I, can't, I, I actually got expelled in 10th grade, so I didn't really care about school. But uh, the schooling that I did do was filled with propaganda and brainwashing, and it was very pro-globalism, uh, pro-world government, and the United Nations is the savior of humanity. Um, and I came across a documentary about what UN troops had done in Katanga. Uh, little province that had broken off from the Congo. They didn't want to live under a mass murdering uh, Soviet backed communist dictator. They said, we're going to be an independent country here. And the UN said, no, you can't be an independent country. And so they sent uh, warplanes and soldiers and attack helicopters. They bombed hospitals. They raped women. They bayoneted children to death. And I said, oh, my goodness, that's not the UN. I was taught about why didn't anybody teach me this? And then I said, well, I have to learn more and I have to get, you know, books. And and, and that started me. And, it, you know, it took me many years to start seeing the, the bigger picture, but it was just that one little thing that got me started. I said, well, you know, I'm going to learn more and I'm going to learn more. And this is happening right now. I mean, people who um, who are just, you know, last week waking up and saying, well, you know, th- th- I've been lied to about this issue. They're gonna say, well, oh, I've been lied to about this issue, too. And then they'll say, oh, I've been lied to about this, too. And, and pretty soon they're gonna say, oh, my goodness, I have to go back and examine everything I thought I knew Uh, And that is really the start of the process whereby they're going to start educating themselves. Uh, They're going to see the truth. They're going to get active in the fight to defend freedom and to defend uh, truth. And and this is a process. It takes time, but it's happening right now in millions of folks all across America and in probably billions of folks across the world. Uh, I think you got muted somehow, Steve.
2: Okay, sorry. There you are okay uh, I said well that is incredible news that's great to hear um, you know because it is sobering I, I I watched one video in 2011 on and started peeling off layers and they never stopped coming and they never it, it never got better it got worse <laughs> so you know it was like um, and I, I was always like this can't you know this can't be true like and then it was like holy shit and then something else came up but you know, and then, you know, you read even the benevolent, you know, system of looking up books in the, in the library, Dewey, right? The Dewey Decimal System. Like, you even learn that's corrupt. You know, the guy who set that up is corrupt. And, and you, you know, there's so there's nothing that's untainted. Um, but at least we're heading in the right direction,
1: perhaps, because they, they've gone too far, essentially. Do you believe that's the case? I, ab- I absolutely believe that's the case. And uh, it, it was inevitable that this time would come. Um, you know we, we currently live in a system designed by psychopaths and maniacs um, there there are still some remnants of decency uh kind of in the foundations but the the uh, liars the totalitarians the psychopaths have been doing everything possible to destroy those foundations uh, I mean on, honestly America was founded on very good foundations it wasn't perfect by any means but they set into motion um you know they they, they put it at the, at the foundation of the country they were building some Critical things like the idea that God created us all equally. This was, you know, now it, it kind of seems common sense to us, but at the time that was really a revolutionary idea that we're all equal. What? I mean, you're an aristocrat. You're a king. You're a different color. I mean, how can we all be equal? So this was in- incredibly significant. And then they went on to say that God gave us rights. Our rights don't come from the government, they come from God, and therefore government has no authority to take them away. Uh, and then they said we actually create governments for the purpose of protecting these rights. So this was a really solid foundation to build. On, Uh, and what we have seen is that for the past 250 years, there has been a relentless war on these principles. No, you're not equal. We're better than you, right? Uh, And and no, you don't have rights. That's ridiculous. What do you mean rights? Uh, We'll take away your so-called rights whenever we want. So there's been this war on the foundations. And and you know, if we're honest, if we look around today, uh, the system that we exist in, this kind of quasi-fascist technocratic uh, insane asylum that we find ourselves trapped in. Um, it's becoming more and more oppressive. And that was inevitable. You know, the, the the people running this system are psychopaths. They're totalitarians. They will keep going until they run into a brick wall and, and that brick wall forces them to stop. So we're now coming to the point where the the insanity has become so intolerable, the abuses have become so intolerable that people can't take it anymore. Um, And in fact, that's what went into the creation of our country. Uh, The king and the parliament were were becoming more and more oppressive. They were taking away more and more rights from people. They were lying. I mean, you can read the Declaration of Independence to see why they were so upset. Uh, And actually, if you look back at the Declaration of Independence, those grievances almost seem mild compared to the abuses that we're dealing with today. So it's coming to a head. It's coming to a point where enough people uh, are going to realize that everybody else realizes this. uh, And that's when the elites, the establishment is in big trouble. And I think we're approaching that very quickly. Yes, these totalitarians still have unbelievable amounts of money. They have unbelievable amounts of power. They control, uh, I would say, most of the governments in the world, maybe indirectly. I mean, they, they may not be micromanaging every little thing, but through financial incentives and pressures and coercions, uh, they, they really dominate the planet at this time. But uh, there there is an incredible awakening happening. They're not going to be able to stop that. Uh, and honestly, I think the more insane they become, the more people are going to wake up. Um, it, it's just you know a, a, a very wise man uh, founded a major organization. Uh, He explained that as we get closer to the end goal of these totalitarians, they're going to have to do the equivalent of running through the streets naked. Uh, His name was Robert Welch. He said that, you know, once we get closer to the end objectives, uh, these people are going to be running to the finish line naked and everybody is going to see them. Uh, And then that's the time where we have the real opportunity to say, look, you're naked and you're not gonna do this and we've seen what you're up to, we're not going to tolerate it. In fact, uh, we might have to put all you freaks in jail because of the horrific crimes you've committed against us and because of the evil conspiring you were doing against us and our children. So I think we're fast approaching that time. Um, I mean, it, it may be just around the corner, and nobody's saying it's going to be easy. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be pain-free, and it's just all going to be rainbows and unicorns next week. Uh, there is going to be extreme difficulty on the way there. I mean, we already see the the shortages developing in all the markets. We see uh, the incredible pressure to take these shots. You're going to lose your job. So there will be a lot of difficulty, but these people are being exposed, and and I think they've gone too far. And look, they're going to keep going further, and more people are going to see that. So-
2: yeah. Um, and just because you have a hard stop in 33 minutes. So I just, but the last thing I want to say is, you know, it's a, a distinction that kind of helped me was think, you know, when I saw, when I was looking at common law that, you know, they tell, this is the way they say, they say, you're a living man or a living woman. You are born with inalienable God given rights of freedom and you are above government. Government is below you, not above you. and, They and that we pay their salaries, They're public servants, they're supposed to serve us, they're supposed to be for the people by the people. So, you know, they're not supposed to rule the people. But uh, so that was a good distinction. But if in three minutes, you could put a tiny meat on the bone of this, you know, when people hear that, you know, the world's run by psychopaths, I understand that, you know, I, I understand that massively, but most people be like, what do you mean? It's like, these are like, this guy goes to church and he's a, you know, he's this. And, you know, those are their cover lives. And, but this has been going on for, for, for millennia. So, so can you just put a little meat on the bone how maybe there's a Marxist thread of totalitarianism in the elites and that this is something in their bloodlines and it's nothing new and this is not the people they think they are?
1: Yeah. And I'd go a step further. I'd say it goes way back further than hundreds of years. In fact, it goes back thousands of years. In the book of Psalms, right? This is uh, in the Bible. Most of this was written by uh, King David and also some by uh, Solomon. Uh, We learn in Psalm 2, verse 2, that the kings of the earth are conspiring against the Lord and his anointed. So here we have, you know, thousands of years ago uh, in clear written historical text that the kings of the earth, the rulers of the world are conspiring against God. Uh, And and ultimately, you know, our founders who said your rights come from God, they got these ideas straight out of the Bible. Uh, It's God who said uh, thou shalt not murder. That, of course, gives you a right to life. It was God who said thou shalt not steal. That, of course, gives you a right to property. And so these ideas, this this moral truth has been with us all along, but uh, there have been evil individuals, and, and even beyond individuals, spiritual evil. In fact, the Bible speaks absolutely clearly about this running throughout human history. So this is nothing new. Uh, these totalitarians have had in mind these wicked ideas going back to thousands of years, really going back to the dawn of time. You go back and you look at Nimrod, right? You, you look at these historical characters that wanted to build world governments and wanted to make everybody into slaves and wanted to trample on everybody's rights. And, um, you know, this is not a new phenomenon. Now, the uh, for the last few hundred years, we can clearly document these things. Uh, you know, you, you can pick up, for example, in 1776 with the founding of the Illuminati, uh, an individual by the name of Adam Weiss. And this is all a historically documented fact. This is not an opinion or, or even a conspiracy theory. Uh, it was a conspiracy, just in, in the true sense of the term, two or more people uh, plotting in secret to do something that's illegal or immoral. That's the definition of a conspiracy. This was the definition of a conspiracy. And if you look at their agenda, it, I mean, we still see this today, right? We got to get rid of nations. We got to get rid of private property. We've got to get rid of the family. Uh, these are all things that God has ordained, that God has called good. And so we see clear back in 1776 a secret society being formed for the purpose of overthrowing all these things that you know, normal people agree are good. Uh, if I work, I should be able to keep my stuff. If, uh, I should be able to marry my wife and raise our children. I should be able to have a, a country that I can call my own where we can govern ourselves without foreign totalitarians stealing our stuff and telling us what to do. These are all just basically good things. Uh, Now, what happened to the Illuminati? I don't know, Uh, know, by its nature, a secret society is difficult to track. Uh, We do know from uh, one of the most important books, I think written in the last 500 years, Proofs of a Conspiracy by John Robeson, a very high-level uh, Scottish Freemason. He exposed this infiltration of the Illuminati throughout the Masonic lodges of Europe. Uh, he exposed their evil ideology. He said that the first great success that they had was in the French Revolution, where they tried to wage war on private property, wage war on the family, uh, wage war on, on everything good. Uh, And then again, we see these ideas pop up with Karl Marx. Now, Karl Marx was not just a lone nut who came up with these ideas. Uh, He was a Satanist, if you read his poetry. And he was backed by an organization called the League of the Just, a very, very influential, very secretive and very wealthy operation. He was just a front man. And what did he say? We need to get rid of private property. Right? We need to get rid of the family. Women should be held in common. What's this about a monogamous marriage, bringing up children? I mean, everybody should be able to have sex with everybody. Right? Um, we've got uh, a war on the nation state. Karl Marx wanted to abolish all nations and create one totalitarian, one world government. So these ideas are not new. Uh, These totalitarian ideas run back uh, as far as we can see in history, and they're still manifested today. Now, there was a a big difference right? Uh, in America and and many other countries, in fact, uh, these ideas were held at bay. Uh, Again, America was founded on principles that are absolutely antithetical to these uh, evil ideas of these conspirators. And so that was a big roadblock for them. So they had to quietly eat away the foundations until they could get us to the point that we're at now. Um, and you know now we're about to see the foundations crumble. That's uh, you know that's a whole another story because they've been so rotted out. But it's not new. Uh, these people have the same disgusting, sick, evil ideas that their forerunners had 200 years ago. Um, they're just uh, you know, they've they've made a lot more progress in spreading these ideas. But uh things can change very quickly. Uh, there have been other times when evil seemed to be running rampant. And uh I believe that they've pushed it too far. I believe that as things get worse and worse, people will come to their senses and realize, hey, we've been deceived. Uh, truth is important and we need to go back to trying to properly discern truth and then live by it.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Just I gotta tie something in before I pass it to Hortman. Let's think of psychopathy uh, in the last two years. Um, there's nothing we can do. We, there's no, no treatment for uh, Convid. Um, go home and wait till you can't breathe. <laughs> um, uh, but we'll give the hospitals $13,000 for every diagnosis of COVID, And we'll give hospitals with taxpayer money, with our money, they'll give hospitals $39,000 for every patient that goes on a ventilator. Why? Because the ventilator is going to kill them. Now, yep. that's a psychopathic thought process and you know suffocate yourself don't don't you know don't see people don't engage don't don't boost your immune system you've never heard one health official globally say it's important to boost your immune system go out get sun get exercise right not one has said that you know so they're and they're preventing the treatments of things that could save your life so that's psychopathy in in today
1: Absolutely, see, I couldn't agree more with you. This is mass murder. We are witnessing a mass murder program. Uh, you know, I've, I've interviewed all kinds of doctors who've been on the front lines who have seen this. Uh, Dr. Fauci knows very well what he's doing, and his controllers know very well what they're doing. You know, they get these people in the hospital, they start sticking them full of remdesivir, which Dr. Fauci's office funded studies showing 40 to 50 percent of the people that take this abomination, their kidneys and their, and their uh, livers are going to fail. And then they're going to fill lungs up, fill and up. it looks like they died of. That's you know, exactly so, right. So, so, so you what you are witnessing here yeah. is is psychopaths murdering enormous numbers of people. And now they're going for the children. Now yeah. they want to stick our, our little children five and up with these concoctions that they're calling vaccines. Uh, this is evil on a scale that I think it's one of the best things that they have going for them. It's just that this evil is so monstrous and so horrific that an average person can't even fathom. That it's real because an average person doesn't think like that they might do small evils. Maybe they lie a little bit. Maybe they cheat on their wife, maybe they embezzle a little bit of money from work, you know, steal a stapler here and there. But they can't imagine trying to mass murder people or enslave humanity. Uh, And so that's a really powerful cover for the psychopaths. But all you have to do is look back through history. You say history is filled with these people. You've got Hitler, you've got Stalin, you've got Lenin, you've got Mao, you got Pol Pot, the guy murdered almost half the population of his country. These people are everywhere. Uh, you know, they're a small percentage of the population, but there's no society that doesn't have them. So,
2: yeah. All right. Great. I could go all day, but Hartman, it's all yours.
3: Thank you so much. Alex, it's a real pleasure to have you here. It's my first time to talk, to talk with you. And um, uh, I want, uh, first of all, I want to discuss with you the, the Red Pill University, because um, uh, let's say it this way. Um Yuri said it very clearly that since the 1960s, uh, the Soviet Union has was very successfully with the propaganda of, let's say, communist thoughts and thinking in the universities of the United States. So by demoralization, destabilization, crisis, and normalization. But we have to understand that normalization is very sarcastic. So for example, when Prague was, uh, occupied, was conquered with all the tanks, um, uh, Brezhnev said, now the situation is normalized. <laughs> so um, and if you have the red pill university, so this is the complete opposite, I think. So you do not demoralize the per, uh, people, so you, so you uh, increase the creativity so that they have the possibility to, and to, the, to make the discernment between right and wrong. Yeah, and um, I would like to, yeah, uh, please tell us more about what is the difference also from the psychological aspect concerning to usual universities?
1: Yeah, excellent. Uh, It's very nice to meet you uh, Hartmut. Thank you very much for for the great question. And it's interesting you mentioned uh, Yuri Besvinov, that that wonderful interview with Yuri that has been making the rounds across the internet for years and years now, that actually was done by G. Edward Griffin, who is the founder and, and the chief of Red Pill University. Um, so it's a uh, full circle there. And, and you're exactly right. The communists, the totalitarians recognized that um, politics is downstream of culture and, and learning. And so they knew that taking over the universities would be an incredibly significant step toward ultimately changing the politics, changing the society, changing the economy. And so that's one of the reasons they were so relentless in targeting uh, not just universities, but even K through 12 uh, education, the public school system. Uh, And and you can actually very clearly trace the influence of individuals, right? These are people with names. You look at the Frankfurt School. uh, They were imported here to the United States in the 1930s with help from John Dewey, with help from the Rockefellers, uh, and they infected our academia, uh, starting in Columbia University, and then all the way out to the other coast, the University of California system. Uh, they infected our universities with this poison ideology. Uh, it started with you know critical theory and uh, uh, this portrayal of fathers and husbands as evil authoritarians and this need to dismantle the family and things like this. Uh, this was all very strategic. These weren't people who just wanted to eliminate family for eliminating family's sake. Uh, they recognized that if you can interrupt the transmission of values and culture and morality and religion from one generation to the next by destroying the family, then you have basically a blank slate where you can write on the minds of the next generation. So that was the goal. Uh, They've been very successful at this. And the normalization process uh, is part of what we're going through now. And in fact, I think for the first time, uh, maybe in in decades, it's becoming very clear to everyone because they're saying it on TV. Welcome to the new normal, right? The new normal is you don't have any freedom. The new normal is you have to ask permission and carry a vaccine pack passport to do your shopping. Uh, This is the new normal. So I mean, they're in your face telling you that this is normalization. And so one of the things we're hoping to do uh, with the Freedom Project Academy, with the the Red Pill University, with uh, the New American Magazine, with everything I'm involved in, is basically reverse that process and say, look, uh, we need to reject this new normal. This new normal is, in fact, craziness. This is absolutely absurd. This is not how human beings are supposed to live. Uh, and so the way we do that is really by educating people. And ultimately, that's what everything that I do is ultimately aimed at educating people, whether it be children in K through 12, whether it be adults by putting out articles and videos that, that can bring people up to speed on critical issues. And, and I think education is one of the best antidotes to the propaganda. Because if you already know, uh, for example, something about how uh, these injections work, then you're not gonna be susceptible to the manipulation. If you already know, that COVID is essentially very easy to treat if you just use proper protocols. I've interviewed tons of doctors who have protocols with, with, with treating COVID that are almost entirely successful. They don't lose any patients and it's very cheap and it's very simple to do. So if people are aware of this, then they show up in the hospital and say, Hey, we're going to pump you full of remdesivir and stick a tube down your throat and say, no, thank you. Uh, I'm good. I would just like a, an ivermectin, please. There's maybe some hydroxychloroquine. Uh, And so that's what we want to do. We want to get people uh, knowledgeable about the truth. We want to get them thinking clearly. Um, And it's a long process. It's not an easy process, but it's underway. And uh, that is that is my goal with all these different projects that I'm working on very much, including the Red Pill uh, University.
3: Thank you so much. And uh, it's so interesting because they destroyed the family. It's not only the family, they destroyed solidarity. Um, I, I compare it. Um, I like to compare it with a vertical war and with a horizontal war. For example, in the, the Second World War, there was a war between countries, and for example, areas were destroyed, and the people around the areas they they had the solidarity to fight back and to win the land back in order to to get a area to live. Yeah, and uh, now we are living in a horizontal war, so that specific. Let's say professions, which uh, in which you don't may earn a lot of money, they will they will swept away by this uh, situation, and um, the neighborhood doesn't realize it. Sometimes suddenly someone has moved away because he couldn't pay the rent anymore. So there is no solidarity between the families members, and also in the cities because it's let's say it's concerning the the, uh, the annual income. And so the, um, it's very difficult to fight back because they know that there is no leader. The only thing what the people have or where they, let's say, where they believe in is in their job and in their profession. Yeah, and um, and you talked about the 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 let's say the 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 cabal or the elite. Um, there is the problem is on the one hand we have they are they were working a long time and uh, for example also with the international convenient on civil and political rights from the un they have uh, they have cut all our um, uh, all our human rights in the countries and on the other hand we have since 2000 uh, since 2000 or at the end of the um, 1990s we have seen a new economy which is the digital economy economy And now we have, for example, BlackRock with a value of 16 trillion. And we have Vanguard. Then we have Amazon. We have Facebook. We have Apple. We have Microsoft and Aladdin and all this stuff. But the the problem is that this is called by Ernst Wolf. Ernst Wolf is a very good German author who knows all all these things. He has found out that um, all the data, because... um, BlackRock has all the data of, um, of his clients and all they are collecting data, data for 40 or 50 years. And these data are organized by Microsoft. So, we, so we're talking about trillions of dollars in one pocket and they work together with the UN over the international convenient on civil rights and political rights and can force countries to do the things. Do you have any comment on this?
1: Yeah, there, there's so much there. We could probably talk for another few hours just on the things that you raised. I'll, I'll try to make it quick. Um, you know, you, you started off talking about the, the war on, on the individual and the war on community. And, and it is such a critical part of this. You know, on the one hand, they want to atomize the individual. They want to break the bonds that people have with other people. And you're right. It goes way beyond the family. They wanna destroy our communities, right? All all the groups that give people meaning, their local community, their religious community, their family, their nation, their state, whatever it is, uh, they wanna break all those bonds and make us into just a lone individual, totally isolated. And at the same time, they wanna turn the individual into nothing, just one speck in this faceless collective where uh, everybody just does what they're told. There is no individual freedom. There is no individuality, no creativity. Everybody is just a cog in the machine. Uh, and and this is incredibly destructive uh, on the human psyche, the the mind. An individual is meant to exist in community. An individual is meant to have these bonds with their family, with the people in their church, with the people in their town, uh, with their extended family, with their cousins and their grandmas and their aunts and uncles. And all of this is being broken. Uh, In fact, we see now a very deliberate strategy to fracture our societies. Um, It's probably more obvious in the United States than it is in other countries right now, because America right now is under a relentless campaign. But we see this effort to divide people on every conceivable fault line. So race now has, has taken uh, front and center. They're, they're literally teaching little children in schools that there are overall two categories of people. There's oppressor and oppressed. Uh, And so you get to figure out uh, if you have a certain skin color, you are oppressor. If you have a certain skin color, you are oppressed. If you're a homosexual, you're oppressed. If you're not a homosexual, you're oppressor. If you're transgender. And so they're dividing people up into all these categories and all these fault lines with the expectation that then we will fight against each other and turn on each other rather than have a community and stand up to the evil that is taking over our countries. And in fact, this is the same strategy that communists have used in every nation that they have taken over uh in communist china they had slightly different fault lines i mean race wasn't a big thing they just you know what tibetans there's no tibetans right there's no uh or now with uh, you know in uh in shanqing the uh the Eastern China. Oh, what Uyghurs? There's no problem with the Uyghurs, right? But uh, in America, they, they've chosen these. In China, they had the red classes and the black classes under Chairman Mao. Uh, the red classes were the oppressed, and that was, you know, the landless peasants, the working class, etc. Uh, and then the black classes were the oppressors. That was, you know, landowners, business owners, middle class, uh, people like that, counter-revolutionaries. Uh, And what happened is within a few years, these people were killing each other. There was blood running in the streets. Children were turning their parents into the Communist Party, knowing that their parents were going to get a bullet into the back of their head. Uh, So this is a very, very simple strategy. Uh, Jesus actually explained it uh, twice in the gospel. He says a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Uh, In fact, in in one verse, he says it will be laid waste. It will be brought to desolation. Uh, And these totalitarians understand that. If they can divide us against each other in our families, in our communities, in our country, so that we think each other are the enemy. Oh, that guy's my enemy because of his skin color, or that's my enemy because she's a woman and I'm a man and we have different interests. Then we fight against each other instead of recognizing, hey, you psychopaths, you're the ones dividing us. We're going to get you. Uh, So it's a a critical part of this. And and as for what's going on in the economy, um, right on the money, that's exactly what's happening. We are seeing now a consolidation of wealth and Uh, business that is unprecedented in human history. And it really became very obvious during COVID. I mean, this has been going on for for decades, for generations, this effort to smash the small business owner, the independent doctor, the independent rancher or farmer, uh, and and basically get them off their land and turn it all into mega corporations that are fused with the government in a fascist totalitarian system. That's been going on for a long time. But during the coronavirus so-called pandemic, I call it the plandemic, uh, it became very obvious. Uh, here in, in America, in many of our states, I'm, I'm very blessed to be in Florida, where we had probably less of this than any other place in the world except maybe Sweden, where I was before coming to Florida. <laughs> um, but uh, we saw this very clearly. They said, well, you can't go shop at that local business. Uh, you, you can't go have dinner at that local restaurant. Oh, but Walmart, you can go shop at Walmart because somehow COVID doesn't spread at Walmart what kind of idiot could believe something so stupid? Why would I get COVID if I go to a small local business owned by my neighbor, but not get COVID if I go to a multi-billion dollar mega corporation that hates me and uses slave labor in China? It's simply idiotic and ridiculous on its face. And anybody who thought about it would say, huh, what's going on here? And so we saw very clearly the effects of this. Hundreds of thousands, maybe billions or millions of small businesses all across the world have now been driven into the ground. They're bankrupt, they're not coming back. And what did we see? we saw Amazon, we saw Walmart massively expanding their market share. Right, I I own some Walmart stock. It's up like 75% since since this madness started. I own some Amazon stock. It's up uh, well over 100% since this madness started. They have doubled their market cap. So this was a deliberate orchestrated operation. The goal is to wipe out anybody who's independent. uh, And ultimately, that's going to kind of to bringing these two things together uh, they want to get us all dependent on the system once all our jobs are made obsolete once the big corporations run everything they'll say oh yeah you don't have a job you don't have any meaning anymore and you don't even have means to get groceries but don't worry if you just take this microchip and accept the vaccines and accept the vaccine passport we'll give you a universal basic income and i mean you're broke now and you can't buy groceries so what are you going to do You got to take the universal basic income. And then once you take that cheese in the mousetrap, you become a slave because you will have to do everything they say. You become completely dependent on their fascistic government corporate system. Uh, And that's the direction this is all heading in if people don't stand up and stop it. And I think there is a big move to stop it. That's one of the reasons they want to wipe out the middle class and the independent business owner, because these are the people who stand in the way of this agenda. And right now, at least before COVID, they had the resources to stand in the way of this agenda. So we see a laser-like focus on destroying the middle class and destroying the independent businesses because that's one of the big obstacles. So, so awesome questions Hartmut and, and I couldn't agree with you more, so.
3: Thank you so much. And uh, for, the last, for the next couple of minutes, I pass to Jane. Thank you, it was a real pleasure, Alex.
4: Thank you Alex. How much time do you have left, hun?
1: Uh, I've got about 9 minutes.
4: Okay. Yeah, I I have to admit that there were good things that came out of this and removing my kids from the public school system was one of them.
1: Awesome. So, and <laughs> I could so see awesome.
4: within a month I could see them change, like their attitude toward their parents and it was um, it was pretty incredible. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. I wanted to ask you what you know about the Connection China has to all of this, because you know it appears like their their own um, sense of elite. But they there has to be a connection to the Illuminati and the elite with the rest of the world. And I just I I wanted to ask what you know about that.
1: Yeah, thank you, Jane. A- excellent question. And in fact, probably the most important single book that I ever read on this topic, and it's amazing how they hide all the secrets in the library. Uh, but the most important single book that I've read on this topic is called Again, May God Forgive Us. Uh, I mentioned uh, Robert Welch, a very wise man. He's the author of that book. Um, he, he actually died before I was born. Uh, he, he died in 1985. But uh, he studied what happened in China. And it's enough to make you want to cry. Um, Chiang Kai-shek was the the nationalist leader of China. Uh, by no means a perfect man. Nobody is. We live in a fallen world. We're sinful people, and nobody's perfect. Uh, and Chiang Kai-shek was not perfect either, but he loved his country. He believed generally in the principles of freedom, and he was our ally in World War II in, de- in defeating uh, Imperial Japan. Uh, so he should have been our ally. And instead, what happened is a cabal from within the U.S. State Department, almost all of the members of a very subversive organization headquartered here in the United States called the Council on Foreign Relations. They did everything possible to stab our ally in the back. They literally put an arms embargo on the guy while he was trying to protect his country from this murderous band of mass murdering butchers led by Chairman Mao. Uh, they did everything they could to bring Chairman Mao to power. And they did it successfully. Uh, one of the big things they did, of course, was put an arms embargo on Chiang Kai-shek. Uh, our Congress had said no. Our, Chiang Kai-shek is our ally. We need to support him. These traitors, and I think "traitors" is the right word. Uh, one of the the very big names here is George Marshall. Uh, he was a, a senior military official. He actually served as uh, Secretary of State during this time, and also as Secretary of War or Secretary of Defense. Um, He was one of the critical people and he actually bragged about what he was doing, throwing free China under the bus and bringing the communists to power deliberately. Now they had some cover, right? The New York Times, the lying propagandists at the New York Times, they've done this over and over again. They said, oh, Chairman Mao, he's just an agrarian reformer. He just wants to kind of change the power structure a little bit so that people in China can be more happy and more free. That's what they always say. They said Fidel Castro was an anti-communist freedom fighter. They said he was the George Washington of Cuba. Uh, they, They said, oh, Stalin's not committing any genocide side in Ukraine. In fact, Ukraine is a very happy, wonderful place. Like the Soviet Union is wonderful. Uh, I mean, this is the kind of lies that the New York Times has spread. And so with the assistance of Council on Foreign Relations members in the fake media, they were able to uh, betray Chiang Kai-shek, bring Chairman Mao to power. And I mean, if we had more time, I'd go into more depth. Uh, they they secured Stalin's entry into World War II uh, on the side of the United States. Like One day before we dropped the nuclear bombs, knowing full well the war was already over, there was no reason that we should invite Stalin into this. But then when Stalin came in... Oh, I'm a victor, too. So how about all those supplies that the Japanese have stockpiled in Manchuria, all those weapons, all that ammo, all that food? Stalin got it. And then, of course, he gave it to Chairman Mao so that he could have supplies to butcher the Chinese people. So it was a deliberate operation. This continues all the way up through to today. We have direct smoking gun evidence. This is not my opinion. Uh, 1973, David Rockefeller, one of the lowest scum to ever walk on this planet, at least in the last few hundred years. uh, He went over to China. This was before Americans could go to China. Um, And you can go read what his views were. When he got back, he wrote a piece in the, again, New York Times, where else, uh, called From a China Traveler. It was published in August of 1973. The New York Times still has it on their website. And this criminal, this psychopath said that the social experiment in China under Chairman Mao's leadership is one of the most successful in all of human history. Now, what kind of monster thinks that murdering tens of millions of people and destroying a civilization that's been there for thousands of years is a success? Um, I mean, you have to be Totally bonkers in your mind. Uh, And yet this is what he said. And you fast forward all the way to today. I've got videos of George Soros saying, communist China needs to own the new world order. So right now, China is both an engine driving this move toward a global totalitarian state. And it's also a model. For the global totalitarian state that they're trying to build so many of the things that they're doing in China right now, they plan to do to all the rest of us just as soon as they think they can get away with it, like the social credit, like the total surveillance, like the indoctrination of our children, Uh, they'll leave enough free market there so that there's, you know, price signals and incentives so that the slaves will be productive, but will be slaves, nonetheless. So, uh, great question, Jane, I, I don't think you can understand any of this without understanding the role of communist China
4: yeah it's pretty deep and pretty (laughs) web-like Yep, need to look into it further thank you so much alex i'm going to pass you to grace to give you a great big thank you
0: oh i guess um you didn't see my message i said you could close it and thank you but anyway alex thank you so much again and uh God bless you for everything that you do, your family and uh, all your loved ones. And thank you also to Jan for helping us connect with you. And yes, to all of you connected with Alex, doing everything that Alex, you know, is the values for the family, for faith and freedom. Please, if ever resonates this, we will upload this in the Quantum Nurse Beat Shoot and all the other uh podcast and also the rumble and as alex said we try always to fight to let it be out there and be heard and be viewed by all of you and alex last few words wisdom connections or whatever you want to say
1: uh, well i, I want to thank all of you guys so much for having me on the program it's so wonderful to be able to join you again and to those who i hadn't met before i think hartman and jane uh, very nice to meet you um thanks again for having me i hope people out there if you learned something from this if you found it valuable please uh share it out there send the link by email social media as you all know is uh, trying their best to suppress this information but we can bypass that we are bypassing that and with your help we can get the get the truth out to more people So i just want to thank you guys again for having me on god bless you all as well and uh, hopefully we will meet again very soon and maybe one of these days in person so thank you guys (laughs) thank
3: you it was a real pleasure it's
2: amazing thank you
1: always have a lot of time
2: for you <laughs> yeah